This is Box to Box Stoppage Time with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. And Hoyt's Herbs and Spices. Changing the mood of food. Absolutely fantastic! Hello and welcome to Box to Box Stoppage Time. You're with Rob Gilbert, Michael Edgley and our good friend from ESPN, Joey Lynch, joining us as a special guest for this podcast where we usually go through the highlights of the past week. But this week, just 10 days out from the A-League women's competition, kicking off in the shadows of the greatest women's World Cup of all time. Expectations are huge. We're going to preview every club from top to bottom or maybe the other way around, in fact. Uh, Guys, just so much to look forward to in the season ahead. Before we get into it... uh, Edge, um, you're not in the country right now, but when you came to Australia and you saw the the hype and the excitement around the Women's World Cup, surely your expectations are, are very, very high for this Women's A-League season ahead. Yeah, my expectations around engagement of the A-League Women's competition is higher. Um, obviously, the legacy of the Women's World Cup means that there's greater interest and appeal and it's really up to the Australian Professional League to, or the APL, the owners of the A-League, to really make every post a winner with their promotions, to encourage people to get to the games, um, make sure the fixturing is uh, is really solid, and uh, and let those uh, let you know let the tide rise uh, off the back of the Women's World Cup. So, mm. yeah, extremely mm. exciting, and obviously Joey and myself um, heavily involved in the women's game. Um, I know uh, I can't speak for Joey, but I'm really looking forward to this season's competition. I think it's going to be one of the better ones. Well, we'll start with Joey, um, and we're going to go from bottom to top. So we're going to sort of rank the Central Coast Mariners in there as the 12th team. They obviously weren't in the competition last season, but they're coming back to the the, the A-League. It was the W-League, of course, last time they were in the competition. Kai Simon, the big name signing there. Uh, what are you expecting from them in, in this return season to the top flight in Australia? Uh, I mean, using the last expansion, signs as a bit of barometer i'm expecting better than west uh from wellington phoenix uh their first season in the league not expecting them to come close to what western united did in their first season in the league i think it's very difficult for the central coast mariners to sort of do what western united did because um there's a lot more of a crowded market there in new south wales a whole bunch of the best local talent gets snapped up by so many clubs um i think they'll be able to jag few games here and there i'm not expecting them to play finals what i'm hoping that the mariners are able to do this season is lay a foundation um, give their fans a few moments to be excited about and really begin to build something special. I don't think it's fair to expect them to pull, you know, what Western United did, making a grand final and almost challenging for a premiership. Yeah, I agree with that, Joey. I actually think they're going to really struggle. Um, the big difference between Western United and Central Coast is Western United had a lot of experience uh, in the squad and even in the coaching ranks. Uh, Central Coast really, you know, their, their head coach, Emily Husband's cutting her teeth in the competition for the first time uh, right through to their squad members. I think Kaya Simon, as much as she's got a good narrative, having um, been associated with the club previously and the region, I think she's a big risk. So for me, Central Coast, they might come 11th or 12th, Rob. Okay, so Wellington, this is their third season in the comp. They've uh, so far collected two wooden spoons in their in their seasons uh, to date. Um, the uh, the New Zealand football landscape um, was a lot more positive than, than what I know I'd anticipated it as observed from the Women's World Cup. Joey, um, do you have expectations that, that they can improve on, on their, their last two outings? 
I have expectations that they really need to start to improve. Obviously, they came into the league at a really challenging time with COVID and there were foreign player restrictions that have since been um, lifted a little bit that will allow them to construct more of a squad. Um, you know, Football Australia, now that they're not a competing nation at the Women's World Cup, giving them a bit more scope with the regulations. But it has to be the expectation that they'll improve a bit more, that they will avoid the wooden spoon this season, especially um, given that they're going to be challenged, uh, not this season, but the season after, by Auckland. A second New Zealand team is coming in. They're going to have to start to establish themselves because they're going to be challenged for the best of the best from the Kiwi ranks pretty soon as well. Yeah, absolutely. Joey's got hit it on the... Uh, the nail on head as well. Uh, I mean, they were disadvantaged with the regulations in the last couple of seasons. So I think they will improve. I think they absolutely have to improve, but they will. Um, I think their internationals that they have um, recruited seem to be a, of a better quality than previously. And I think there's one player that's really going to make a big difference is um, if she can play most of the games is Annalie Lawongo. We know uh, Longo's uh, pedigree. She's been a, a main player at Melbourne Victory very important play in years gone by at Melbourne Victory. So I think they will be better. Um, whether they're going to finish out of the bottom three, um, that's probably unlikely, but I think they will improve on last year. And another side that's been more familiar with the bottom end of the ladder over the past few seasons uh, is the Newcastle Jets, far from the heady days of 2017-18, where they finished third on, on the ladder. Um are we expecting with the, the arrival of, of a, a local derby and, and more excitement in the area uh, that to have a ripple effect, Joey, um, on, on, on the Jets for the coming season? Well, again, it's another team that with the now, the arrival of competition, Wellington having it with Auckland next season, but now with the Mariners arriving this season, it really does need to be a season where the Jets begin to demonstrate their worth and really begin to build on things again. We saw the transition last season with Gary Van Egmond being appointed mid-season as the interim. He's now the permanent boss. They signed Molina Reyes, who you know I think is one of the best strikers in the league, so she will score goals for them. Um, I'm not expecting them to play finals, but what I just want to see from the Jets is, again, just upwards trajectory. That's what I want to see from these sides. I want to see them beginning to build something that I can look at them and say, yep, you're on the right path um, and you're not going backwards. Yeah, the Newcastle Jets is an interesting one. Obviously, I declare an interest. I do manage Melina Rez, and there's a very good reason she went there to assist her development, um, get a, a new fresh start and new motivation. She's in great... Uh, physical condition. Um, there's 16 new players when you factor in the the internationals to the Newcastle Jets. So I think they will improve on last season. Uh, whether they have enough quality to challenge and get enough points on the board to get into the finals, only time will tell. But um, Gary Van Egmont, he's really, he's really uh, turned it upside down up there and really shipped out old players and shipped in a lot of new players. Let's just see how they um, gel and combine and, and start the season. They've got a game against Central Coast Mariners to open the season. We think that's a, uh, that's a game very important for them. And Brisbane Raw, a team like their men's namesakes who've had some wonderful periods uh, uh, in in their uh, tenure in the, the women's top flight in this country, winning the, the premiership and the championship in 08-09, then, uh, then winning the premiership in, in 17-18. But uh, it's been Len Pickings over the last few seasons. Uh, they... Uh, only won four games last year, six draws and eight losses. Um, positive news of the men's side with Ross Aloisi rebuilding the men's club. Can we expect the same for, for the women? 
Uh, again, I think Brisbane Raw probably the side hit the hardest by that transition we saw in the league of Matildas moving overseas and not coming back to the A-League women program. Of course, those Queensland stocks in the Matildas did the Raw a world of good. They've, they've recruited a few good talent. Of course, the headliner is Tamika Yallop. Again, this is a side that if everything clicks with a top six now playing finals, maybe you can see them sneaking in, but I, I don't see them you know, in that upper tier challenging for silverware. I think it's going to be another difficult year um, for the Roar as they try to figure out where they're going and you know build some foundations because they did lose some talented players as well. Jamila Rankin going down to Melbourne Victory, Shea Connors going to Sydney FC. Those are good players and, you know, Filling those holes are going to be big. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I do think they will um, improve with the additions of Chelsea Blissett and Tamika Yallop and Keely Richards. So um, I don't think they lose. Rankin obviously has left the club, but uh, Blissett will replace her at left back. So uh, I don't think they lose too much with that one. Um, and I think Tamika Yallop is uh, potentially one of the best players in the in the competition. If she gets, um, if she gets every game. Uh, through the course of the, the season, they'll be better, Joey. Um, I'm expecting them to improve, but I, I agree. I don't think they're going to be in the top three, but they will improve. And the Adelaide United women, they represent a proud club with uh, with lots of highlights of success um, uh, over the period of, of the A-League men's competition. No silverware for them at premiership or championship level, but they did show a blip in that 21-22 season when they finished third on the ladder and, and you know, expectations were raised for last season, but but they couldn't meet those expectations and, and finished in eighth spot. Um, did they improve? I think they sort of have to improve by default, especially going forward. You look at some of the advanced stats from Adelaide last season and their finishing was just terrible. From memory, they underperformed their expected goals tally by quite a bit. So one would expect some reversion to the mean when it comes to that. Um, Obviously, though, they do lose um, uh, Fiona Wirtz, who's gone to Sydney FC, and obviously she didn't fire as much as... Uh, she did in that great season she had in 2021-22 uh, uh, last campaign, but she is a talent that is going to be difficult to replace. Alani Anchevsky coming in from Perth Glory. Um, she can score, she can hit them from anywhere, and she's going to provide excitement. But uh, I, I, I'm struggling to see this Adelaide United side hitting the heights that they did in that third-place season. Yeah, Adelaide United is a side that I've got on the slide. I don't think their squad has improved on last year. In fact, it's gone. I think losing Fiona Warts to Sydney is a massive loss. Um, and um, albeit uh, Alana Jantewski is um, a talented player, Joey. We know her well, don't we? She's just not in the same class as Fiona Warts. So, uh, look, um, they have uh, recruited Rosetta Taylor from Nottingham Forest, which who is a and number nine. Um, we'll, we'll just wait and see how she goes. But I, I've actually got Adelaide on the slide. They're one of the teams that hasn't um, been very active in the transfer market. And I think w- what they've lost is not as good as what they've come in. So, yeah, Adelaide for me will be a team that won't be as good as last year. And another club that um, that hasn't um, been able to, to add any uh, silverware to their trophy cabinet um, during their time in the in the, the top flight of the, the women's competitions in this country, Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, they had uh, they had a run a couple of seasons ago where they they made the top four, uh, but uh, but have dropped off since. Um, it's uh, it's as you mentioned earlier, Joey, a lot of competition in that Sydney market, uh, but. Uh, 
we we need to see in Sydney a strong derby between uh, the Wanderers and and Sydney FC um, with with big crowds out at that Parramatta Stadium. Um, are, are your hopes a little higher of a better season for them? I think Western Sydney Wanderers. Well, they got better as last season went on. They actually finished rather well under Cat Smith. You are right. This is a team. Well, to be honest, you look at Western Sydney Wanderers. They are a team that should be far better than they have been in the past. You look at their catchment area. It's arguably the rich, the richest um, catchment area in the entire country when it comes to talent. The amount of um, good players that come out of Western Sydney. The lack of investment and care that that. Pro, that that women's program has received from Western Sydney Wanderers over the years it hasn't really been good enough outside of really that one season where they brought in a few internationals and went on a great run. So um, everything is in place for that club to really become a power in the women's game. Will they do that this season? Well, it, it, once again, it's it. I think they'll be better for um, continuity. They haven't really had too much players coming in and out, but obviously the the out, the biggest out is huge. It's Claire Hunt to PSG. So she's a massive loss in that back line. And she's not going to be, you can't replace Claire Hunt. Um, and they haven't replaced Claire Hunt. Whether Just how much of a net negative her absence is, uh, will leave is key. Yeah, Western Sydney Wanderers, they were having a real dip at a lot of players. Uh, they were trying to land quite a few big names, uh, but they haven't been able to land any. And I think that is a problem for them that may see them um, effectively tread water this season. Um, whether Western Sydney can develop a reputation and brand as a destination club in the A-League women's competition, like Melbourne Victory, like Sydney FC, um, time will be told. That's their big challenge. They, and Joey's hit the nail on the head at the moment. Um, players, especially ones that grew up in Western Sydney, uh, seem to prefer to go to other places for their development. Okay, so we're starting to get into the the the, uh, the group of teams that um, that had probably not sorry heartbreaking seasons, but you know they they went close to making the finals. Uh, uh, first of all, Perth uh, they they were like their men's counterparts, one of the the um, the clubs that suffered the most during the COVID years. Um, they were of course the premiers in twenty fourteen, um, and uh, again a rich history of football uh, at. Uh, at the glory, uh, so they missed the uh, the finals by point, um, and uh, and were were good value for a lot of the season, but um, but just weren't able to to uh, to to win some of those matches that really would have uh, made the difference, and and you know one more win there into the finals, Joey. Yeah, I've been a big fan of what Alex Parkers has done over the past couple of seasons with Perth Glory, basically taking a club that was at rock bottom and has been building them up with young talent, bringing in a lot of talent from the NPLs that haven't had an opportunity at an A-League women level in the past. Now, though, this is a make or break season for him, especially with the growth to a top six in the A-League women's. He really needs to be playing finals football this season because I mean, he's going backwards um, if if he's not. I like some of the moves they made. I think Grace Jarley bringing her in from Canberra United, I think she's a very good signing for Perth Glory. I'm excited to see what she does, the New Zealand, New Zealand international. Um, Izzy Dalton as well coming in. I think that could be a low-key, very good signing um, in the league. She had that great season with Brisbane before going um, overseas. Obviously, I think Ella Mastro Antonio, her presence in the midfield 
Um, she's since gone over to Europe and he's playing Champions League football over there in Europe. That's a loss, but I expect Perth Glory. They're a young squad. I expect them to keep improving and getting better and challenging for top four, uh, certainly top six. Yeah, I've got them treading water. Uh, I think the ins and outs are pretty similar. They've What they've lost um, uh, and what, how they've replaced those players is pretty similar. A lot's going to rely on their internationals. That They've got a couple of newer internationals this year and we just really don't know much about them. So um, for me, I've got them treading water. I think Perth is a really difficult club to coach. It's very hard to um, entice players from the East Coast to go to Perth and settle for two or three years. Uh, it's just a, a difficult scenario um, for in the women's game. I think it's one of the harder coaching jobs, and I agree that Alexa Parkas has done a good job with the the cards he's been dealt with. Um, yeah, I, but I've got them treading water, Joey, um, and just maybe a little worse off than last year. Let's see how they go. Okay, Canberra United, they did have the heartbreak of last season, finished equal on points with Melbourne victory. Uh, it went right down to the wire, the final game of the season, but they, they missed out on the finals. Proud history at Canberra United as the only standalone uh, uh, W League, A-League women's uh, club for so many years. This is the last season where they'll be representing uh, the competition before the, the expansion of, uh, of Canberra and Auckland joining in the 2024-25 season. Um, the, uh, the, the hopes, expectations, around this club uh, um, for high-level performance are, are always there every season. We expect them to do well. Um, are you expecting them to, to continue uh, uh, their usual high levels uh, this coming season, Joe? Uh, I, I mean, to borrow um, what Edge has been saying, I maybe expect them to be treading water, if not maybe getting a little, sliding a little bit. Obviously, um, you've got Michelle Heyman coming back. There's... Vesna Miljovic is coming back as well. She had a great campaign last season, but losing Grace Ma to Western United, that's a big blow. Obviously, I've already sung the praises of um, uh, Grace Jarley. She's gone to Perth now, so those are going to be two holes that need to be filled, obviously bringing back um, Marie Jose Rajas um, back to the nation's capital. But on, on also, they're, what sort of distraction possibly, the fact that this is their last season and we don't know what's going to happen with, well, we know the team will have, a, Canberra will be represented in the A-League Women's next season, but like, will it be Canberra United? What will happen to the branding? Because there's a lot of affection um, for that branding. I remember speaking um, with Michelle, Michelle Heyman last season, and she was like very much talking about, no, it needs to stay what, um, as Canberra United. You've got a brand there, you've got a history there, you can't get rid of that. If middle of the season, the new Canberra owners come out and say, actually, we're getting rid of the Canberra United brand, you're going to be Canberra Cosmos. Um, I don't know if that's what they're planning. That's just me pulling a name out of the air. You're going to be Canberra Cosmos in the A-League Women's next season. And the fact we're getting rid of all that history. Could that disrupt them? We've already, it's something to keep an eye on, I reckon. Yeah, I'm with you, Joe. I think they're treading water. I think uh, Rojas actually is an interesting recruit because She's extremely different sort of player than Jale, and I think Heyman may work better with her. Um, that might give them some real advantage in, in the front third. But um, yeah, look, they had a, they were the surprise packet last year. I didn't expect them to do as well as they did, and and you know they were, as Rob said, extremely unlucky uh, not to go further than what they did. So if they tread water and maybe just get a little bit better, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Grace Ma. Um, 
Yeah, she seems. I mean, she's a Canberra girl. She played for that team when she was fifteen, and she's been. She's left before and returned, and every time she's returned, they've trumpeted as a as a big thing. And now she's left to go to Western United. I just wonder uh, why that has happened, um, because you know players with profiles from your local towns, you want to keep them. Um, for me, Canberra's treading water, but it wouldn't surprise me if they surprise uh, the league once again. Okay, we move into the top four, Melbourne victory. So in recent times, uh, there's been no joy for the men's, but uh, but the victory women uh, have, have been holding their end up. Uh, uh, they were the nemesis of Sydney FC for a couple of years in the grand final there. They've uh, they've won the A-League grand for women's, uh, the W League, I'll get it right, the uh, W League and the A-League women's grand finals uh, no less than three times. Uh, they've only won the premiership once, Jeff Hopkins. Uh, one of the most respected uh, leaders in the competition, the Welshman. Uh, do we start to see them challenge for the, the, the top uh, with uh, uh, with uh, Hopkins in, in charge? Is, is there, you, as you mentioned, Melina Ayres uh, uh, leaving Joey? What's your thoughts on, uh, on victory? I think victory probably... Um, get better this season. I think they were they sort of fell over the line and into finals um, last campaign. Um, you look at some of the recruiting they've brought, they've done. Obviously, the headliners um, are the Matildas, Emily Gielnick coming in. She'll play up top. Lydia Williams coming in is a more than um, adequate replacement um, for the departed Casey Dumont. Elise Kellen Knight um, is targeting around one return from that Achilles injury. Not certain if she'll actually make it, but at some point she is going to get fit and provide them with a strong body. Um, in the midfield, but they've also, you know, they've brought in the likes of Rachel Lowe from Sydney FC, um, Jamila Rankin, who can play as a fullback, which was one of the positions that they really needed to address last season. Um, so while I think they'll get better, I'm also very intrigued to just see how they line up because I was watching their behind closed doors game um, on the weekends, and I can see this team lining up in a 3-5-2, a 4-2-2-2, a 4-3-3. There's a lot of adaptability there, and they've, they've got the bodies in there, Macheka coming in as well, another body at centre-back to provide a whole bunch of different looks. So I think they'll get better. Yeah, I'm with Joey. They're going to get better despite the fact they're losing four players who've been absolutely crucial to their success in seasons, the rest recent seasons. Melina is, we all know her quality. Claudia Bunge, Casey DeMott, the keeper, she went off to AF, AFLW. What a silly decision that's been. Mm. She hasn't played one game for Hawthorne that she's given away her career in, uh, in A-League women's football competition and and Catherine Zimmerman who's been those four players were hugely important to Melbourne Victory's success in seasons gone by however uh, Rachel Lowe arguably one of the best players in the A-League women's competition she goes to, to Melbourne Victory um, and I think one player that you didn't mention that you know very well Joey is that I'm super excited there's a there's a Japanese lady called Korea Akino who took the NPLW in Victoria by absolute storm last season. And um, she's been signed by Melbourne Victory. It'd be interesting to see how they do line up. Um, and obviously Lydia Williams. And the mail I've got is that Gilnick is in trouble uh, with an injury and will miss probably most of the season. And um, the other one that's also, obviously, you mentioned Keller Knight, whether she gets to the, the line at the start and, and whether those two players missing for big chunks of the season are going to uh, create challenges for Melbourne Victory. But I think they will improve. I think Rachel Lowe is the signing of the summer uh, in this competition. Okay, they're uh, 
crosstown rivals, um, powerhouse of the dub and the A-League women's, Melbourne City, um, they uh, perennial grand finalists and champions for, for many years, but been lean pickings uh, for the past three seasons. Joey, uh, do they turn their fortunes around? I think they're another side that's going to improve. They were the opponents for Melbourne Victory in that behind closed doors game um, that I watched them, and it very much looked like they were a another off-season working with Dario Vidicic working, albeit it's a very short off-season, but they look like they were the better for the continuity um, with that system. I like some of the additions that they've got coming in. Um, Rebecca Stotts, I I love Stotty, massive fan, obviously, not just because we're lymphoma buddies, but also because I think that she's one of the best defenders that this competition has seen. She looked fit on the weekend, and um, she, I reckon she's going to be a massive difference maker for them. Taylor Otto, another player coming in um, from the NWSL. She was a filling player with Gotham, Gotham FC. She looks like she's going to be a very physical presence um, in that back line. Keen to see how she works with Stott. Um, and uh, Lassane uh, Pruel, uh, I, I probably butchered that pronunciation, the French-Canadian goalkeeper that they've brought in. She was a member of um, Canada's Women's World Cup squad. They actually had her signed even before she came out the Women's World Cup, so she didn't just decide she liked Australia and wanted to stick around. She was signed by City, and I think she's going to um, add another layer of steel there. So I think they're going to get defensively better, and I think they'll be better off another year in Dario's system. And that front line... Um, of Galich, McNamara, Henry, Wilkinson. They're not going to be the best attack at the start of the season. But uh, if those younger players develop and begin to really start scratching their potential, they could be the league's best attack by the end of it. Yeah, I've got them improving uh, for all the reasons that Joey mentioned, and they do run a very good program. I mean, Dario Vidicic is learning on the job. There's no question about that. Um, However, I just think they're very, very solid. They've got some good younger players coming through, and um, I think they've... Um, they've actually improved their defence by the addition of the, the the new goalkeeper and Stoddy back into the competition. So I think Melbourne City will um, not only do better than Treading Water, they will improve. And Western United, um, what, what an incredible taboo season that was uh, from them. Uh, Mark Torcaso did amazing things. He's been rewarded with the uh, uh, the appointment to the Philippine national women's side, um, replacing Alan Stajic. Uh, they were stiff not to win the, the premiership in their debut season. Uh, they, um, well, they have raised the bar so high. Joey, can they maintain this standard? Oh, Mark's going to give me a lot of crap for this, but I see them treading water, um, maybe getting a little bit worse purely because I look at that back line. Um, they lose Hillary Beal. They haven't been able to bring her back in, albeit we're still in preseason mode, so they might be bringing in another goalkeeper. They lose Sydney Cummings. They lose Angie Beard as well. So they've lost a few difference makers in there. Obviously, bring in Grace Ma. Who looking at Western United side currently, I sort of expect Grace Ma to play centre back, which I think I would prefer to see them bringing in another centre back and pushing Grace Ma into the midfield. Um, but obviously, Grace Ma is super addition. Catherine Zimmerman as well. I think they'll be treading water, maybe with a few defensive problems, but I still expect them to be playing finals football. Yeah, I'm with you, Joey. Uh, but but I do think Zimmerman and Ma make them better. But I'm a bit mm. concerned about that defence. But we know Mark Tilkasco, he's he's going to mm. have. So that that's sorted out, you would think. Or maybe they're going to rely on some of their um, developed players through their their, um, their 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 pretty impressive system. And one player that I want to um, mention who 
has left the environment. She didn't really figure in any games at all, but I know was a very important sort of cultural person is obviously Alexandra Sinclair, who's Legend. no longer involved at the club. So I think there's a few changes there. I've actually got them for me. Um, they're in, they're improving um, because I think Ma and Zimmerman make their first pick 11 better. But I've got um, some question marks on the defence. I want to know what's happening with um, the centre-backs and the goalkeeper. And finally, guys, a team that I don't think gets the, the credit that um, that they're due um, in the firmament of Australian sport. Uh, Sydney FC women's team have won the Premiership three times in a row. They're going for their fourth. Uh, we did mention that obviously Melbourne Victory were able to knock them off in a couple of grand finals, but Ante Juric uh, set that task uh, for his uh, his squad to to not only win the, the Premiership, but uh, to, to close the job and get the deal done with the grand final, which they ended up winning convincingly. So, uh, deservedly so after all those years of dominance. Uh, uh, do they manage to, to, to go uh, for, the, for the fourth title um, and, uh, and, and, you know, step into, um, into some sort of really rare air in, uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, other Australian sporting clubs, Joe? Sydney FC fascinate me this season because that success that you're talking about recently when we saw the transition from like a Matilda's focused A-League women's to a more local product ones, they were able to bring a team in and sort of have that continuity and build on that. But so many players leaving um, this offseason, you know, Charlie Rule, Mackenzie Hawkesbury, Sarah Hunter, um, you know, highlighting them. They've had so much movement in and out. They've brought in some really talented players um, as well, you know, we talked about Fiona Wirtz before, and they do return, you know, Courtney Vine obviously is the marquee name, but Yada Wyman's back, Princess Abini's back, Kirsty Fenton is back, so I can't see them reaching the heights that they reached last year, because I thought that was sort of like the end point of that collective group, but I still expect them to be challenging for silverware this season. Yeah, that was their high watermark last year, Rob, with that group of players. Um, they have been absolutely decimated. You think that they're the best player in the uh, in the A-League grand final last year, Rachel Lowe, left the club, along with um, Mackenzie Hawkesbury, Charlie Rule, Sarah Hunter, who's been so important for them, Della Harp in their defence. Madison uh, Haley as well. Madison Haley, who uh, who was you know dominant in the, in, uh, in the finals. Yeah, look, they're... Um, they're just not going to be the same team. Yes, they have a good core of players they've retained uh, from their goalkeeper, Charter Wyman, you know, McLean, Fenton, Beanie, um, Nat Tobin, um, and, um, you know, they, and, and Courtney Vine. But I just think that they will not be as good as last year and they will slide how far they slide. Uh, it might be only one, two or three positions, but um, uh, I think uh, they have a big challenge. But if anyone's up for it, that club is and... They have a very good coach in Ante Juric, uh, old school Ante. Um, what you see is what you get, and uh, he's very good at winning championships and titles. He absolutely is. Uh, all right, guys, uh, we'll wrap it up there with your final observations for the season. I'm not going to ask you who's going to play in the grand final. That's all uh, the luck of the draw that uh, um, will play out in the fullness of time. But, uh, uh, Joey, your prediction for, for who takes home the, um, the, uh, the coveted premiership? Uh, at this point, um, short of any late season additions, I'd say Melbourne City. Edge. Uh, for me, I, I'm 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 going with Joe. I think Melbourne City uh, are going to be good enough to get the job done, uh, and I'm expecting um, 
I'm just going to be a little bit indulgent for a moment and tell Joey to keep an eye on these players. I think Paige Zoyce is going to have a breakout year with Melbourne Victory. I think Melina Ayres is going to score a bomb of goals at Newcastle Jets because I've seen just how fit she is. Like you declared your interest earlier. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm declaring Rachel Lowe will be a superstar for Melbourne Victory throughout the course of the year. And, um, yeah, keep an eye on Chelsea Blissett up at Brisbane. Okay. Well, anyone who, who listens to this show knows I love a bolter. I'm going to say their final season as a standalone club in the nation's capital, Canberra United, to uh, to uh, to take the title and um, and add that to their trophy cabinet before the men arrive. Joey, we have a couple of thousand on that, Rob. No, no, no. I I just I'm just throwing it in there, mate, because uh, it could happen, Edge. You know, I'm saying it's a chance. Uh, Joey, hey, mate, it's been great talking to you. Uh, always is, but to, to get the extended um, EP version of Joey Lynch over the past uh, uh, week has, uh, has been a real treat. Nah, very much enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, guys. Well done. And Edge, thank you, mate. Um, enjoy that warm, balmy weather in Bangkok. Yes, it's head the, to uh, coming to the end of the wet season. Um, the weather's just a little bit cooler, which is quite nice to walk around in the night when you sample some of the, the delectable street food, Rob. Oh, yum, you're making me hungry. The Vissan uh, sausage, oh, the old, the old uh, chili crepe as well, and oh. then some um, some somtam. You know what somtam is, Joey? I can't say I do. I, I haven't travelled Southeast Asia in my travels thus far. I'm like somtam, Joey. You would like it. You know, I, I, you, you would, once you'd eat it once, I think you'd go back for it. <laughs> okay, we're starting to lose our way here, brother. We are starting to lose our way. People, <laughs> people right. who listen to this show know that we lose our way often, so it's okay. Yeah, good, yeah, good point. Okay, well done, boys. And Adam Maloney, thanks again, mate, for uh, for pulling this whole show together. Thank you to you for listening. Uh, please subscribe to box to box Stoppage Time and Offside, wherever you get your podcast, Tweet us at box to box nts on X and follow us on X. Like us on Facebook. And uh, and, and to our friends at Sydney FC who who provided this, uh, uh, Steve Corica, earlier in the week in the main show, keep an eye out. They've got a blockbuster four weeks. Tickets available for all those matches uh, coming up from the Australia Cup through to the uh, the women's uh, A-League and the men's A-League following uh, as well. So if you haven't joined uh, a club and you've got an interest following the Women's World Cup, get on board, make an effort, take your family, encourage your friends. Uh, this is meant to be the, the season that defines uh, the, the post-World Cup legacy and we hope every football fan in this country really gets along, supports the women's game and enjoys it. And continue to listen to our podcast where we'll talk about both the women's and the men's and our podcasts continue to drop. And we do go from one end of the pitch to the other in the World Cup.